Hello and welcome to another episode of Small Talk, Small Government with Bill and Deb. Hey, Bill. Hello. We are now uh, beginning the year with episode 15, which uh, we've entitled The Election Aftermath. So it's taken us quite some time to get here. You know, the the election, the midterm elections were November last year, 2022. It Mm -hmm. is now January. Um, You know, it took a while to even get through the results of the election. And then, of course, we had the holidays and things like that. And it just other things going on in our lives. So we're finally getting a chance to sit down and talk about what happened with that midterm election. I, you know, I'll, I'll come right out and say I was hoping a much bigger red wave myself. I'm happy with the outcome and, and, and what we, we will hopefully be able to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in general, we had, what, what was the election all about? Well, we had 435 House seats, so all the House seats were up. We had 35 Senate seats, 36 gubernatorial races, 27 for Secretary of State, and 30 for Attorney General. I think, for me, one of the biggest things that was a shocker was how big the abortion argument must have been to many voters. Yeah, I, that, I agree. That's one thing that, you know, the polling has come out, so that's a lesson learned. That's something to know. And also that the way the polls explained it, there's there was no direct relationship between the reporting of people having issue and concern about the economy and then selecting the the party that you know you know had the best chance and track record of of improving that problem for people or at least realizing that there's a connection between the two and perhaps not voting for the one who got you into this mess yeah, exactly and a lot of <laughs> you know of course we know in our in our conversations with people you know i mean how many months did we hear people saying oh well you know i mean biden can't affect that you know, th- this is something everybody around the world is dealing with. And, you know, and all that, th- mm-hmm, th- 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 that's a really sad argument and, and sad that people don't know the relationship there. But, of course, now it's interesting because you see the way these things happen. That's what was being said in November. But here we are now in January. And finally, it's being reported that, yes, the the nixing of the Keystone Pipeline did result in this many billions of, uh, you know, unrealized gain or unproductive, you know, revenue or whatever, you know. Imagine that. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, that stuff will start trickling out. But, you know, I don't know whether we are sitting in in a situation where, you know, there's a lot of information that comes out, but there's 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 plenty more that doesn't come out. And mm-hmm. I just don't know how people are being informed these days. But, you know, uh, regardless, one of the things also that that, stu- that that I learned throughout this particular, um, this cycle, was within our own party, the, the corruption and the lies and the dishonesty with our money. The, coming yes. out and understanding now that Ronna McDaniel, the, um, the, chair, the, the chairperson for the RNC, now that I can see what she's been doing with that money that that, that donors have been uh, sending in, I, I'm appalled. Yes. I'm very upset about that. I am glad that that's come to light and that there are strong Republicans that are opposing her now. Um, Harmeet mm-hmm. Dillon is one that I think, wonderful woman of integrity that I think would do great things. Yes. And also Lee Zeldin, who I think you'll probably talk about a little bit when we get into some of the other positive outcomes, Lee Zeldin did, uh, he ran for governor of New York and lost. Mm-hmm. But 
his the the enthusiasm that he generated in that state caused us to do very well in other um, districts and and for other seats. So he has proven himself to be somebody who knows how to get the message out and you know generate excitement around it. And heck, there's even uh, if I I think Mike Lindell is even running for uh, for the head of the, the RNC. RNC. Chair, so there's, yeah. there's all these people I think are better than uh, Rhonda McDaniel. Yeah. Who, who just like, you know, now every time I see her, all I can see is how polished and poised she is with money that, you know, we've yes. provided her. I, I can, for one, say I'm happy that I have not donated to the RNC. I'm more likely to donate to specific campaigns. And I do a lot of that. But um, yes. so I'm glad because I would be so beside myself. <laughs> yeah. With, you know, with it, the, the, the finite resources that I have, if I choose to donate them to help a candidate, I sure as hell don't want Ronna McDaniel getting a pedicure. And that's something and, that, that I hadn't really thought of until recently. If I'm going to donate to the RNC, then I would assume that it's uh, strategically uh, distributed to whoever needs it and mm-hmm. uh, not at the whims of, of, of whatever Ronna McDaniel thinks yeah. it should be. And I think... I'm also I'm encouraged by the fact that within the Republican Party, even though I mean, I know that people on the Democrat side think it's just crazy that we don't always agree and we don't lockstep vote and we don't lockstep think and that kind of thing. I don't like that. So I'm glad in our own party that we can call out when we see a member of our own acting against the interest of the American people or not holding the integrity of their position. You know, I agree. that needs to be called out. So I'm happy about that. And, and and in that vein, McConnell was another person who has been looked at as part of the dampening of, of the red wave that mm-hmm. may have been, you know, because he was the one that came right out and said, well, I mean, you, you got to you got to consider that in, in a lot of these cases, candidate quality does matter. And, uh, you know, in, in some of these races, the uh, the quality of candidate simply is uh, is subpar or whatever it was that he said, you know, it, come <laughs> yeah. on, man. <laughs> of, in your position to come out and say that, well, well, maybe you could help in some way, you know, but I mean, that was, that's very disenchanting to the voters that, you know, that, that people who may not know any better and might put stock in what somebody of his position would say are like, oh, mm-hmm. well, if Mitch McConnell doesn't even think we can win these seats, then what chance in hell do we have? Maybe I won't go vote or maybe yeah, I'll, you know, stay home that day or whatever. Yeah, that's another frustrating thing for me because I don't think it's necessarily his position to decide uh, who should win. You know, if there's somebody running, then you'd think that just like donating to the RNC, that that the appropriate resources would go to trying to get a Republican to win, not yeah, not or you know, the like Republican maybe- who. Who, who Mitch McConnell thinks is best. Yeah. And, you know, and if, if he in his wisdom and experience of all of his many decades and, you know, uh, perhaps he could take someone under their wing. Like, hey, Dr. Uh, yeah. Oz, I see you struggling mm-hmm. in this way. I'll tell you what, that one campaign ad you had where you were talking about crudite, really bad. You know, yeah. you need some help here. <laughs> you know, or yeah, something to the to wise. Be Try not to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, you know, he, he's one that, uh, that there were 10, 10 of our Senate Republicans opposed him retaining his minority leader status. So, again, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, when we see in our own party somebody that maybe has outlived their purpose or, you know, we, we call that out. Um, and so it, the, the biggest thing that was just so terrible was what was it? Um, the Friday before Christmas, passing that omnibus spending bill. 
Ah, you know, yes. the, the 10 Senate Republicans who opposed that said that that absolutely betrayed Republican voters. And it did. As yes. a Republican voter, that I, I consider that a complete betrayal. Um, Mitch McConnell has no business in the Senate. And, and no. I hope that, you know, and I think his seat is up in 2024. Um, you know, check it out. Maybe you can check that out. Whenever it is, I, you know. I sure do hope his time is short-lived. But anyway, you know, and also them passing that bill also undercut the House representatives that would be taking over in January because those those representatives asked for a shorter-term spending bill that could have allowed them some opportunity to control things um, and, and, you know, work for their constituents based yeah. on exercising the power of the purse, which they now don't have for the vast majority of this entire year. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that 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 is a slap in the face, but uh, it it's it's what we've come to expect, you know. Unfortunately, this is the establishment. So, at least we did have plenty of positive outcomes uh, mm-hmm. with the election. So I'll turn it over to you to be a little bit more of the Pollyanna today. When usually <laughs> that's my my job. Well, <laughs> I'll try to. <laughs> um, and, and I just looked up, I think Mitch McConnell's up in 2026. Uh, ah, so I have some so we'll time see. for my case against him to build. Yeah, perhaps uh, check back on future episodes of Small Talk, Small Government for some more insight as to why uh, Mitch McConnell shouldn't be elected. Yes. I think this might be a... An episode um, of its own. Yeah, an episode of its own, a continuing, uh, continuing saga here. But the, like you say, there are there have been some positive outcomes, and um, and I admit, I think like most people, I was pretty disappointed with with the with the results um, on election night back in November. Um, after you after you kind of step back and look at it, then uh, you realize that there are some positive things out there. One of the things I noticed was that all of New York State voted more to the right. That's not to say that every every county and every precinct elected a Republican, but but it shifted more to the right. Uh, I guess, in other words, there were fewer um, fewer people voting for Democrats or fewer votes cast for a Democrat this time than there have been in the past. Yeah, and, and, and you can see that very well concentrated in New York. But then, in addition, from from mm-hmm. a popular vote perspective, we did get the popular vote as well. Yes. The, yes. Yeah. So that that's good to know. I that's, mean, and yeah, so, and, so and, yeah. And you think of of uh, New York as a as a deep blue state, uh, I guess, because mm-hmm. mostly it's dominated by uh, by the big cities, you know, Rochester mm-hmm. and Buffalo and Albany and and of course New York City and all the all that area, massive population center where they overwhelmingly voted for uh, for Democrats uh, this time and always. Mm-hmm. But they yep. but they voted less uh, less Democrat this time, and that's uh, that's pretty significant. And like you say, Lee Zeldin came very close to winning. Um, he had a five. There was a five point six percent margin between uh, him and uh, uh, Kathy Hochul, and mm-hmm. she won um, uh, with the closest margin since nineteen ninety four. So it's been, you know, it's been Good. you know what. 30 years or so, almost 30 right. years. Uh, Maybe that been next that time. Maybe next time. Yeah. Good that job, that... people. Way to go, yes. New York. Thank you, yes. Lee Zeldin. Yes, yes. 
in Oregon, play in the uh, long game. To, yes, play the long game. You know, we we make in, these incremental gains, and then we'll overtake them here. Maybe next time, maybe the time after that, and it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be exciting. Flip New York red, and some of these other states like Oregon, which I always thought was a solid Democrat state. Um, I guess because all you hear is is stuff out of Portland. Portland, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and the the you know, the uh, the horrible place that it is, and how it's run by Democrats and everything. Mm-hmm. But we had talked about this before the election that that there was a Republican out there who actually came pretty close. She lost, but uh, Tina Kotek uh, was elected um, as governor, forty seven percent to forty three point five percent. So that's a that's a really close uh, what three and a half percent over Christine Drazen. Um, and the last Republican governor in Oregon was in 1987. So, so she's come really close. So maybe, maybe and, it'll be know, another I, one that ne- maybe next it, time. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying that, you know, maybe finally what we've also seen is, is some willingness to put up the fight. You know what I mean? Because I, I think there have been a lot of like Democrat stronghold places like these mm-hmm. two states you mentioned, where it, it, sometimes it seems like Republicans don't even bother yeah. You know, there are there are a lot that that's been an argument that many have made against uh, the, the Republicans, whether it be the way the RNC is run mm-hmm. or, you know, wh- how it is that that Republicans choose to you know, put their resources and their advertisements and, the, you know, their campaign strategies and all that, that they'll just ignore. You know, a lot of times it'll be like, go into the inner cities and talk to the black voters. You know, do this, yeah. do that. that. That was something that, um, what was it, Kim Klasick went out of Baltimore, made oh, yeah. the statement a couple of years ago. She's like, hey, Republicans are doing nothing to get the message to these people where they need to see it. So it's nice mm-hmm. that, that people are willing to, you know, go into the fight. If you lose, dust yourself off, take the incremental gain, build on that for the future. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that, you know, with the right leaders coming into position in these these positions like uh, you know, majority leader or speaker or um, RNC chair that, you know, maybe they'll get start to get some things going together in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get some uh, some strategic gains out of this. Mm, yes. And uh, and really, really get on a roll here. The Republicans did take the House. we got to remember that. So that's a positive. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't the red wave or the red tsunami or the or whatever they were calling it or predicting back back then. But mm-hmm. but it is a majority. They have uh, 222 Republicans, uh, 212 Democrats, and one vacancy. And there's 218 needed for a majority. So it's a slim lead. It's it's very slim, but uh, but it is there, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's certainly a good thing. You know, it's a we're looking for the majority, and we we didn't get a super majority, but we got a majority. So there, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, and we will do that with back. that what we can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and more on that later as well. More on that later, yes. And then another positive was Florida. I I, I I'm just astounded by how they how they ran their elections. We knew before we went to bed uh, all mm-hmm. the results out of Florida, and it was mm-hmm. it was excellent. And that's how I remember elections being being run. You know, years ago, it was very, very unusual if there were um, races that went into the, you know, into the next day, into the next weeks or something like that. Maybe there was Mm -hmm. one that was too close to call and they have to do a recount or something like that. But that was more the exception than the rule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we all remember the 2000 election in Florida, how just uh, how much of a disaster that was. 
And since then, they've put a lot of work into their election process. Um, they've invested in a lot of, of um, new counting machines. Uh, they've invested in training, and they've, uh, uh, they've created a procedure for efficiently counting all the mail-in ballots. And all those mail-in yeah. ballots actually have to be counted by the day before the election, and the mail-in ballots have to be received, not just postmarked, but received by mm-hmm. 7 o'clock p.m. on election day. So it isn't like you drop yeah. it in the mail by 7 o'clock and it comes two weeks later and it can still be counted. No, it actually yeah. has to be there that day. Now, I see. And I think that seems like a good, sound, middle of the road, rational approach to how we handle the mail-in ballots. Having mm-hmm. some parameters around it makes a lot of sense to me. And, and I also appreciate that here, you know, Florida has found itself in a bad light, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Back in 2000, that's an issue. And so yeah. they, 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 they corrected things at that time. Now they've adjusted again as they saw the writing on the wall from two years ago and, and, and you know, from the last election and they realized right. we need to be able to account for mail-in ballots. This is not going away. It's going to be, you know, part of our election system, at least for the foreseeable future. So how do we, how do we lock it down, control it, get the security measures in place to make it valid and something that people can trust and rely on. Mm-hmm. So y- you look at that and then you look at other states, you know, that, that we'll get into when we talk a little bit more about some of the shenanigans of the of the uh, midterms mm-hmm. that, that seem to have done nothing to improve a public perception of their issues or improve actual policies and procedures since the last election. Like, why is yeah. that okay? Like, why are we not as as the people demanding that there be some cleanup here? So, yeah, it, I mean, it's you crazy. Know, yeah, and all that. Uh, speaking of shenanigans, all that uh, that Florida has been doing can actually reduce these shenanigans because there's less time to drag out the lawsuits and have kind of uh, you know find ten thousand more ballots in a box that's under the table in the closet that no one mm-hmm. ever looked at or you know all this kind of stuff uh, it reduces all the nefarious actions release exactly. the possibility or the time for having these nefarious actions so that's yeah, always good. I completely agree and, and then another thing that you were mentioning that um, uh, made a lot of sense to me was uh, through California is another state that I never think of anything good coming out of California. I think it's a complete <laughs> crazy disaster. And, you know, it, it's a beautiful state. But if it just kind of, you know, broke away and shifted out into the ocean, maybe they would all be happier. Maybe we would all be happier. Yeah, yeah maybe we <laughs> can, uh, yeah, we can trade something else to make a 50th state. We get to, you know, California drifts off there. And we get another state somewhere else, and, and yeah, uh, I don't yeah, know. we can <laughs> we can still get yeah, we can trade, we can make a trade somewhere uh, along the line. Yeah, but yeah in Southern in that California, chunk of Earth. yeah, exactly. We can do something better with that. In Southern California, the Republicans have been putting the uh, uh, putting ballot bo- drop boxes in uh, evangelical churches and gun stores. The places where conservatives generally hang, hang out. out. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and see, so, again, like they've, they've said, hey, if this is the way it's going to be, if we're going to have drop boxes, places and things like that, mm-hmm. sure, let's play the game just like the other side plays the game. Yeah, you want to put your and, ballot box in the abortion clinic? Fine. We'll have ours <laughs> at the gun store. <laughs> exactly. And guess what, Deb? They've been winning all these elections wow. and, and been doing a great job. 
you know, they, uh, you know, hey, can I help you fill out your ballot? You know, one of those kinds of things. And yeah, maybe, not quite, yeah. maybe not quite to that extent this far, but... Uh, do you need uh, to fill out yeah. your ballot? I'll hold your gun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah, on your so way up there to get your, uh, your, your, uh, your blessing at church... Why don't you put it in the, drop it on in the box there at the first pew. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pass around the, pass around the collection plate and, and stick your ballot in there too. And we'll, uh, yeah. we'll stick those in. We'll, we'll see that we'll it, gets, the, it the, gets where it goes. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see that, that it gets where it goes. Uh, so these yeah. are things that, that everyone can uh, perhaps start to embrace across the country and, and hope that we can, um, we can start to win too. Yeah. Oh, and not only did people get in to to office, but other people have gotten out of office, which is excellent. <gasps> like like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, isn't that? Isn't yes. That, uh, Almost isn't that anything is worth getting rid of those two people, and and and, ah, and yes. the, the the Cheney one in particular was like a ah. total reckoning. Oh, I it mean, was. It, you know, if, 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 if I mean, she had to. It's so disappointing to see her though. And, you know, the reaction that she had, and then, of course, closing out the January 6th committee like she did and everything. It's just sad to see a person who, I mean, from my perspective, just doesn't seem to care at all what she was put in Congress to do. Oh, I, yeah. I just haven't seen her do anything for her constituents. And, and fortunately, you know, those voters made that clear. But yes. th- that's just wild to have somebody sitting there taking up a seat that has mm-hmm. no interest in actually fighting anything that the people put her there for when you're yeah, voting yeah. for a Republican in that state and you think you're getting some. I mean, just so sad. It so is. good it for really her is. to be gone. Good for her to be gone. Adam Kinsinger, yeah. I mean, it's glad to get rid of him, but um, but he's ended up on, uh, I think he's on CNN now, so what? he's uh, not necessarily so could be, out of he has or... a new a new public forum to like, you know, turn on the crocodile tears. Yeah. Are we gonna yeah. see more crying from this man? I I, I just <laughs> I I'm so distraught from my time in office. I'm I'm gonna cry about it. Uh yeah, I've probably I am sure he'll have some opportunity around about the beginning of, of January every year. And also, uh Dan Crenshaw I don't think is on a is on a committee, or at least whatever committee you wanted to be on. It doesn't look like he's gonna get on that committee, so that's that's good. You know, I used to like Dan Crenshaw, mm-hmm. but um he's he's turned into just another one of the establishment re- Republicans. Yeah, the whole thing with the uh, with the uh, McCarthy vote, I think, really exposed who he really was, and, and so I'm, I'm I'm rather disappointed in him. So I'm glad he's not on a committee; he can just be in be in Congress and do his thing, but uh, yeah. not actually in in any kind of leadership uh, position there. But you know, the important thing to note is that you know he I, I I also liked Dan Crenshaw, and 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 that's that's something to note is unfortunately the way it works in politics and with the establishment and everything else is, of course, they're trying all the time to get the good guys to come on over to their bad side. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're trying all the time to find ways to, so Dan, if you want to know how to get in here and stay in here, we'll help you figure that out. Why don't you just vote like we vote? How about if we do this thing together? You know, these things happen and these people are, they're, they're like, you know, they're attacked practically. You know, anybody yeah. that goes in there that with, with a strong backbone and, you know, planning on the straight and narrow, you're going to be attacked. I mean, this is, it's the same thing as just mm-hmm. our own, your own life. You got your little devil and your angel on the shoulder. You know what I mean? It, it's yes. the same situation, only times a hundred. And there's a whole lot of money involved. 
You know what I mean? So, of course, these people are, are constantly, relentlessly pulled in multiple directions, none of which often have anything to do with what the people who elected them there would want to see happen. Oh, so, yes, you yes. Know, and, and, and that's the thing, <clears throat> well, we Dan just... Crenshaw, if he is somebody who has proven himself to be able to be, uh, you know, swayed in some way, then we're taking note of that. We have mm-hmm. to know these people and expose them. So good. And, I mean, and, and that that's all we can do is, and, uh, you know, hopefully over time, you know, I, I, I consider more, it's not only candidate, quote, quality, it's like integrity. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, just some of these just completely nuts. And another positive here that, I don't know, those of us who pay attention to to all the, the inner workings and all like this, um, although we're disappointed when shenanigans happen, I like to know that shenanigans happen. It it you know brings everything out in the light, so it's kind of a you know positive negative thing um, on that. So that's another positive thing. More more on shenanigans here in a bit. Here, let's talk a little bit about Arizona and Georgia, since they were once again two of the big states in the news for this midterm. Yeah, Georgia. Um, obviously, I was hoping that um, that uh, Herschel Walker would win. But uh, but Warnock won in a runoff, uh, fifty one to forty nine, and he led by ninety nine thousand votes on that. And this, mm-hmm. like I say, that's a result of a runoff. Um, if no person gets more than fifty percent of, of the votes in Georgia, then then there is a runoff. Originally, it was basically tied about uh, thirty seven thousand votes apart with with Warnock still in lead. So that's. Um, so originally they were about 37,000 between them, but by the end, once that runoff election did happen, he mm. was 99,000 votes ahead. So right. significant higher margin that he won in the runoff than in the, the initial. I think one thing that may have impacted that a little bit was Herschel Walker's own son coming out and, and exposing some dirty laundry within the family. Um, yeah. I, I think that may have been led some people to a sour taste. I think people mm-hmm. are a little bit tired of the Georgia crap too. You know, it, it really so. is sad. You can, when you look at the state, uh, just like so many others, you can see where the power is concentrated and, you know, the people are doing their best mm-hmm. to get out and vote and make a change, but they do have that problem. And, you know, and yet again, Herschel Walker was one of the people who Mitch McConnell uh, speculated was quote low quality. You know, I just feel, I I feel for him because again, I'm happy with anybody who, 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 who will take up the fight because we need people that are willing to fight for us. And I also, I I feel for his family, whatever the case of his situation with his son and his family Mm -hmm. is, I hope they're able to heal and you know, that, that, that things can move on. I consider Raphael Warnock to be corrupt to the core um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that he has glaring distaste for this country. I think he's I think he has made glaring racial remarks that I I, I find very offensive and mm-hmm. scary in some cases. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I think that he's he is who he is. I feel bad for the voters continuing to have no other option. I, I don't know. I don't know whether Democrats I don't know who else could contest the guy or run against him, but. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm we'll, we'll have to figure that, that out. And, and yeah, we were we'll close. We'll have to figure that out in a few years, yeah. So yeah, again, yeah. you know, perhaps this is a place where they need to do a little bit more, uh, whether it be canvassing or figuring mm-hmm. out how to make the election laws work a little bit more in our favor. You know, how, how, do we, how do we perform better in this new circumstance? 
you know, or get but, somebody who replaces Rhonda McDaniel to uh, to put some more resources yeah. into that area. But and I also appreciated Governor Kemp because you know that that's another thing I will say about Georgia. I don't know a lot about um, you know his record or anything, but what I can say about Kemp is Georgians really seem to to respect the guy, and they yeah, like yeah. him. And he won, you know, each time by quite a bit. I mean, significant. He is the person that they want the, to be the governor of Georgia. So as a person who, you know, I still support President Trump. But again, I'm able to see, I think he might have been wrong about him. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know, I mean, I guess more time will tell if, if there's anything more that ever comes to be learned of the guy. But from a, he seems to be good at his job. His mm-hmm. state appreciates him. He's winning yeah. his races. He helped out Herschel as much as he could. So, right. you know, I think he's a good guy. I don't, I don't have a problem with him. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on him, though. Yeah. Just like many others, we'll have to keep an eye on them. Uh, speaking of keeping an eye on things, Arizona, and, and of course, I'll preface this by saying uh, we'll talk about some more shenanigans later, but <laughs> um, Carrie Lake lost the election by 17,000 votes officially as of today, but she sued, and she sued a couple of times uh, so far. And on her first lawsuit, the judge only allowed two of the 10 claims to proceed and put those two claims under very strict conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those conditions were met, and they probably couldn't have been met. It's very difficult to meet the conditions that he put those under. But the mm-hmm. law is interpreted differently. The law basically says you have to um, – there basically has to be a suspicion or or the possibility that um, – uh, that there was something happening, but it didn't have to be proven that it was a grand conspiracy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the judge basically said, well, you have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's a basically a grand conspiracy. And that's that's extraordinarily difficult to do under the best mm-hmm. circumstances. She did an and excellent is, job. And, and I think they also made it a, a very short period of time that she would have mm-hmm. had to prove that grand conspiracy. And and, and, and right. again, it was something that it was it was such a short turnaround that it lended itself more to this is never going to, these stipulations can never be met. So effectively it's the case is dead. Right, exactly. And she didn't, her team did an excellent job in, uh, in two days. They had two days to do this and, mm. and her, her team did an excellent job in those two days, but um, it just wasn't, uh, just wasn't enough. And I don't, um, don't fault them for, uh, for losing that. They did the best they could. Right. Uh, but, but um, after she lost that case, she uh, appealed. Um, she's taken. She attempted to take that first to the Supreme Court of of Arizona, uh, but they said, "Nope, nope, you can't take it here. You got to go through the appeals process." She's, she's she's going through the appeals process. In the meantime, Katie Hobbs has uh, taken office. Uh, just the other day, I think on January 9th or tenth, something like that, the uh, the court said that her case will be heard on on February first. That's uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie Lake's case will be heard on February 1st as a special action petition. Mm-hmm. And Katie Hobbs, you know, of course, you know, she comes out and, and, and makes statements that are divisive. Oh, yeah. yeah, You yeah. know, that, that that's the thing that's really interesting about these, these people that win these narrow races. When you win a narrow race, I, I don't understand the thought process of then coming out and in your speech to the, to, to your people now, mm-hmm. you say... By the way, any kind of election denial or conspiracy thinking will get you nowhere. Uh, yes. it, it just, it's like, you know, <laughs> you half of these people 
You are wrong and nothing is ever going to change that. So sit down and shut up and deal with it. It's it's just it's such an yep. odd way of coming out like that. I, I, but fortunately, <laughs> Carrie Lake has said, nope, I think I'm going to figure out what's going on here and I'm confident that I can win. So I'm just going to I'm just going to keep on going until I let can't it go ride. anymore. And yeah, just yeah. let it ride. And speaking of shenanigans, there's been some shenanigans that have been happening here, Deb. Have there been? Yes. Well, yes. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the, the shenanigans specifically in that Arizona case, because, uh, frankly, I think that the, the legal argument, I, I was reading um, the actual motion, the mm-hmm. summary of the case and everything, makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, yep, according yep, to the lawsuit, they, there were ballot printer issues on Election Day at 59% of 223 voting centers. So the interesting thing about that, so, you know, rounded up to say 60%. So 60% of the, mm-hmm. of, of the stations were having printer issues. And yet this was the day after that printer system was tested. So it was hmm. working fine one day. Then all of a sudden the next day it's not working anymore. Hmm. And they've got uh, the sworn testimony of a cybersecurity expert who claims this was an intentional break. This is not something that like naturally occurred all of a sudden everything's just, you know, you got 60% of the printers offline. This was mm-hmm. something that, you know, following a test showing an accurate and, and properly working system suddenly is not working properly anymore. Why? Yeah. And of course, in my world, I'm in IT. You can better believe I, I, I better damn sight have an explanation if all of a sudden my team takes the printer network offline. You yeah, know, so th- if, there is if, no excuse. Yeah, if suddenly 59% of your printers don't work anymore, then uh, I would think somebody that probably somebody did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't happen, you know. So yeah. anyhow, the, the thing that was really terrible about that is that those 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 voters that day who had a ballot that, you know, would not be accepted into the system due to its printing error, those people were basically turned away and told, well, go throw it in a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, or go vote someplace else at, at another station that, you know, maybe isn't having the problem. I mean, th- yeah. th- that's crazy. So another another uh, testimony within the court case is that their exit polling um, statistics and estimates show that between 25 and 40,000 people who would have voted did not. And that's mm. significant when you consider that uh, Carrie Lake lost by 17,000 votes. Yes, yeah, so so even on a, the low end of that estimate, uh, if, yeah. if, uh, if most people voted for Carrie Lake, then she would, have, she would have at least come up with a tie, if not one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think she's got a good reason that she is holding on to this. I mean, you know, anybody who thinks that she doesn't have a case or that she, uh, you know, should stand down, I, I think is wrong. I think she's doing the right thing for... For the people of Arizona and all of us to expose this, you know, if it if there is nefarious stuff going on in Arizona, then that needs to be fixed. Yeah, and um, and, they, and again by the by the laws of Arizona, she doesn't have to prove definitively that this was a uh, a nefarious act. She just has to prove that this is. Um, that there's the possibility that things might have turned out different or that there was significance uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, it seems like, you know, just in, in those two things I've mentioned here, it seems that she's got the case, you know, I mean, those two things show uh, more than 17,000. So then also they said that uh, between November 9th and 11th, 25,000 ballots were quote discovered, 
which which twenty five thousand wow. uh, Pinal County, and the, and they they claim that there were chain of security chain of custody and security issues that that resulted in those being quote just discovered, um, and so they they pushed for a hand count of Pinal County. The eternal the attorney general candidate Abe Hamada was the Republican that was against, I think it was uh, Chris Mays, I think it was, who won attorney general by only 280 votes. Wow. Less than 300 votes. And of course, the attorney general position, as we know, that's very important in these states, especially where, you know, you've seen how a bad attorney general can really cause crime to go Uh, rampant in a state. The people of Arizona don't want that. They don't want to become California or, you know, other places where they're flat out just not prosecuting crime anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that Abe, Abe Hamada is, has a motion um, to apply the same physical inspection process of ballots that was done in Pinal County throughout the entire state. And you know, he believes that that can, that can help his case most likely it will help hers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the final shenanigan that I'm aware of is that they, they discovered 16 voting stations in Maricopa County alone, which I mean, how many times have we heard that County come uh, in on yeah. the news? Always. They, they, they've, they had ballots mixed in bags of counted and uncounted ballots, which again was an intentional confusion of the process because they specifically told poll workers, and again, this is sworn testimony, to use those bags, put your ballots in there if you run out of room someplace else. In -hmm. the envelopes it was. So, okay, so just throw them in the bag, throw them in the bag. Doesn't matter whether they've been counted or not. Just all of these are commingled you know, so th- these are the other issues that have been brought up, and it's it's very clear in in the in the case paperwork. So, and then of course, um, the the final thing that they talk about is th- the conflicts of interest in the state of Arizona were like really in your face. The fact that Katie Hobbs was Secretary of State during the time of the of the election and everything going on. A lot of this was her responsibility or. Yeah. Um, her approval to things in a race that she's running, you know, Hey, should I go ahead and certify the race that I've been running in, even though it's got some issues? Yeah, I think I'll do that. That's a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. I'll certify my own election. (laughs) Right. I mean, not only is that in itself a little, uh, it doesn't exactly pass the smell test. In addition, there is proof that she was working to censor, opposing viewpoints on social media and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying that whole route that we've already seen how that works, you know? So, you know, I think, again, bringing it back to the positive, knowing the problems is always good. You know, if if we know the problems, then hopefully we can seek to fix them. So great to have more exposure of the corruption. In my opinion, that's always good to have come out. But, you know, hey, I'm looking for the other side of the coin where we do do something about it. Do yes. we have an opportunity to do something about this now with our tiny little house win? I sure hope so. You know, we, we already know that a couple of the positive things that are coming out of us having the house majority are they've come out and said they're going to repeal the funding for those 87,000 IRS agents that we're oh, going to be goodness. added. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. But I'll tell you what, what kind of annoys me is how many people I know that are Democrats or folks on the left that are like, oh, well, yeah, that's just going to help all the rich people. 
Can you please no, no. think critically and understand when they were telling you about that $600 transaction limit on Venmo and pay apps, and yep. they said, if you make 600 bucks, we want to know where it came from. Yep. What about that tells you that they're only looking for rich people? They're uh, not no. looking for rich people. The debt has gotten to a point that they need Everything. For, they're going to be coming into our couch cushions. They're going to shake us down. The middle yeah. class is what they have to come after. That's where the money is. And exactly. So, and I was actually, uh, I should have uh, I should have looked farther into it or saved the article, but I, I was reading something uh, this past week that said something about the middle class is where the, uh, the IRS comes for this money. And especially, you know, poorer people too, because guess what? The rich people can afford really good lawyers. And drag mm-hmm. this thing out for years, and the IRS never gets any money. So if they want the if they want the money, even though it's probably not going to be as much as what you get from a rich person, they get really no uh, no pushback on this because all of us and 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 uh, poorer people can't afford the really you good have no lawyers choice or but lawyers to just, at all. Sure, garnish you, my pay, do whatever. You know, I don't know, yeah, yeah. I can't fight it. So yeah, send yeah, us so a, send us something that says hey, you owe you owe a thousand dollars. Well, I, I can't afford to fight that, so I guess I'm just going to have to cough, yeah. cough up the money. And yeah, you know. so yeah, that that's a positive thing, and you know, and I, I I'm happy that it's positive, and I will just turn a blind eye to the fact that uh, you know Democrats don't realize what a damn favor that is to them as well. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that we've heard uh, Kevin McCarthy now as as um, speaker tell us that. Yeah, we're thinking about releasing that whole 14,000 hours of footage from January 6th. Do it. Yes. Do it. Do yes. it. Yes. yes. Let us see the whole damn thing. Let us see how many FBI agents and state actors were involved in that. You know, I, I love the fact that we just had a, a picture come out of one particular Capitol Police officer in a MAGA hat. Stand, I mean, like, mm. hello, mm. there's probably a lot of that, you know. And so, of course... Big positive outcome is the removal of some of the traitors that we have on committees. Um, people like Fart Boy, one of <laughs> one of uh, one of Bill's favorites is Fang Fang and Fart Boy. Yeah, Eric Swalwell. Hey, <laughs> sleep with a Chinese spy and be unaware of it. Still remaining on national security uh, chair or committees? No, probably not good. You have proven yourself incapable. Yeah, I, I didn't see what's uh, possibly could go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and also, um, Ilhan Omar has been removed. Um, and, the, you know, they mentioned, of course, she's very on record of saying many anti-Semitic things and mm-hmm, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So she's been somebody for a long time that we've looked at as, that that's not somebody that should be on a committee. Uh, and Adam Schiff, who, let's see, we've we've seen that he's been completely implicated in all of the, the Twitter censorship and lying. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, total, all of the Russia hoax, yep. all shifty shift. This guy doesn't belong on a committee. So at least all what we achieved. Yep. Yeah. True, it may not have been the wave, but we got this little bit and we're going to see what we can do with it. And I think we've already seen um, that, fortunately, we've got some good Republicans with a strong backbone, real conservatives within the Freedom Caucus who are willing to say, if this is all we won, this tiny little majority, we're going to use it. 
We're going to yes. use the hell out of it and, and yep. make it happen because we, the people, we're relying on that. All year, last year that you and I did this podcast, what did we say every single episode? Please know that voting is coming up. Help to vote somebody in who will counter this madness. Mm-hmm, Let's, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. bring some balance back. We can see that things are completely off the rails. You have to be blind or just willfully in denial to not yes. see that things are off the rails in this country. We need to get somebody, a counterbalance up there. So thank mm-hmm. God we've gotten that now. Let's see what we can do with it. So I think that those positive things that the House is doing, repealing those agents, releasing footage, getting folks off committees who have no business being on them, this is an effort to bring some sanity back into the government. It's definitely more along the lines of a smaller government approach uh, than we've seen. So I'm keeping the faith. Let's see what we can do with this House majority. Go on from here. Go on from here.